Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is a Hannah Montana intro. <laughs> I, I was like, am I supposed to have the second part to this song? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not starting the song this week. Just the um, Hannah Montana transition scene noise. Okay, love that. Because I have a question. And that question is, are we able to add custom sounds to the soundboard? Yes. We should add the <laughs> Hannah Montana transition sound to the soundboard. I'll figure out how to do it before we record next time. Okay. I love it. <laughs> um, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm also good. Welcome to What the Fuck is Happening the Podcast. Oh, yeah. That that old chestnut. That old, again, not a saying. <laughs> um, it is. Okay. It is. I guess so. I was going to say, okay. when Paula is in, we're asking her. <laughs> but she's in. So, Paula. Hey. Hi. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> it, is a, it is a saying, though, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. See? It's an American one, though. Oh. Yeah, we'll see. She's <laughs> so um, 50-50 either way. Let's quickly do an elephant in the room before we properly introduce our kind of guest. Okay. The elephant in the room this week is <laughs> Maddie being a big old dum-dum. No, wait, because this episode's not being released this week, is it? So should we mm, do... No, it's... Uh, oh, wait, no. The, sorry, for a second I thought you were addressing me, and I'm like, no, this isn't your podcast, Paula. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> it <laughs> no, doesn't I matter what it is. Up with, <laughs> so no, we want to make it more relevant. The one we released this week is the one where we'll address how stupid I am. Fine. Oh, my God. <laughs> the elephant in the room this week is that she won't just let me willy-nilly call you stupid. <laughs> Sorry. Can't a statement be true every week? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, our real elephant in the room then, we're switching. Okay. Paula. We have a very iconic guest today. Very, we're doing very a iconic. crossover special. We <laughs> are. With Paula from Stumble Through Podcast. Thank you. I wish that I could do an elephant sound. I can try. Um, go for it. Give it a go. <laughs> I once saw someone do that and it worked and I was like I can do that no, I can't. it's like narrated voice no she could not uh, it was a great attempt I know, though I love I, you like whole ass committed to that so I feel really special that you tried I feel yeah. it, it's very wholesome yeah um, I feel like the failure is actually better than if I succeeded you know? fair um, uh, no thank you so much for coming on our podcast yes, we're so excited we had an absolute blast on Stumble Through which oh, is one of my favourite podcasts Stop, thank you. I mean, like, stop, but don't stop. But I don't know what to do with this compliment. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. Um, uh, <laughs> Nick, take away. Okay, well, um, I'm very excited for today's episode because yes. I feel like, correct me if I'm wrong, on Stumble Through, it's not that often you kind of get to uh, talk about pop culture stuff. No, we don't really at all. So I'm excited to kind of get your thoughts on things and get into it, all that yeah. kind of stuff. But first, I did have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, so on Stumble Through, our topic was? Uh, yes, the admin and ethics of dating apps. Love Correct. that. Um, and we had a great time talking about it. It we was sure very did. fun. Thank you. But I had a question. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a would, would you rather okay. for both of you. All right. Ooh. It's not crazy. <laughs> it's 
right. So, like, would you rather swim in your father's semen? It's nothing like that. <laughs> what? Well, no, that no I need I need the second part to that one. <laughs> Don't leave me hanging here. <laughs> That's too bad, cliffhanger. Oh um, my god. No, my would you rather is would you rather go on a, like a, a a blind date that was set up for you by one of your friends, or would you rather go on a date with someone who's with someone out of a lineup that you've picked based on their appearance? I'm kind of like trying to. Interesting. Like a police lineup? Like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine? <laughs> like a police lineup where they sing Backstreet Boys. Yes. Uh, okay, so is it this kind of thing? Because that's a great anecdote. <laughs> uh, I guess the question is really, would you rather? Would you trust one of your friends to set you up with someone on a blind date that uh, you're a good match with? Or would you rather do the judge a book by its cover dating app situation and just based on physical appearance, choose someone? Paula, would you like to answer first? or? Yeah, sure. Um I think I would probably want to go on a date with someone that my friend had chosen for me because mm-hmm. I think that I would at least hope that this person knows me a little bit yeah. and is like, ah, I have observed you both individually mm. and I feel like you would get along. Yeah. And therefore there's already a sort of sense of assurance that we are compatible in some ways at least Yeah. yeah. and they've already passed the vibe test with a friend. Like I trust my friend not to send me on a date with someone where I will arrive and within 30 seconds be like, mm, no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Trump Same. is my president. They're not going to be like. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Man, if I. <laughs> I think I actually did end up going. No, I did. I ended up going on a date with a guy who was an MMA fighter. Um, so I knew he was an MMA fighter, sort of. I knew he did something to do with wrestling because mm-hmm. on his profile he had a photo of him and his big hairy legs wrapped around someone on a, a blue mat. Um, okay, what? Like, really? Because I was like, this looks very awkward. Why would you choose to put this on the internet? That is a very awkward for a dating profile. I won't lie. But like, I, I, he, he got to me because he did a lot of charity work and he worked full time mm. for a charity. And I was like, oh my goodness, community values. He cares. Love that. Mm-hmm. No. Oh, dear. He, it felt like he had read one of those books which teaches like pickup artists. And because I, I could see him sort of doing things like, you know, the thing where you, um, you create a sense of intimacy and, like connection by someone yeah. with little touches. Yeah. And um, yeah, so the condensation on my wine glass kept on falling off the glass and it would land on my knee. And so he just constantly reach out and brush it away. Uh, and that's an invasion the, of my privacy. It is. <laughs> and I, I didn't like it, but I also was having too many wines on not enough food to try and get mm. through the date where someone was like, uh-huh. yeah, look, I think the trunk raises some interesting oh points. And I was like, Okay, don't don't write him off automatically. Yeah. He has a different opinion. Ugh. Maybe he has... <laughs> no. Yeah, I, yeah. No. Uh, please, no. That sounds like my nightmare date. Yeah, truly. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah, truly. That's be, that'd be one of those ones where I would fake an emergency slash I would be like, I need to go to the bathroom and then leave. Like, mm. there are not many instances in which I would do that, but that is definitely one of them. Mm. I think I ended the date by being like, so this is nice. Have a good week. <laughs> and I was just like, no, we're done. Goodbye. Fair. Goodbye, sir. And he was like, oh, do you want me to walk you? No, thank you. Get as far away from me as me, possible. Me, like, Literally. awkwardly tries to walk confidently away. But for some reason, my heel did that thing where it wasn't even like a, whole, a tall heel. But, like, my ankle just gave way yep. randomly. Yeah. I was like, why? Why would you do this? I was like, no, I just look like I'm a drunk small woman walking in the valley at night. Oof. Why would I do this to myself? Oof. Iconic. Yeah. Uh, I mean... 
That's fair. Uh, the endings of <laughs> all of the above. The en- okay, obviously, all of the entirety of a bad date is horrific, but the ending is like mm. one of the layers of hell. <laughs> yeah, Dante's Inferno has yeah. nothing on this. Literally, because kind of like that. I I had a date, and at the end, the guy was like, "Can I give you a kiss?" And I was like, "No, but I'll give you a hug. You want a hug? I want a hug. Oh, I'll hug you like- goodbye." And he was like, "Uh, no, thanks," and went away. Ooh. And I was like, "Oh, wow." Because at first it was like, oh, okay, like, no, but it's really cute that you asked for consent. I yeah. really appreciate that. And then it was immediately, oh. You're that yeah. kind of person that turns into a monster the second they're rejected by the yeah. So, yeah, so that was a flop. That, yes. Anyway, you're, you? you're... No, I totally agree. I would feel way... <laughs> you can see that I have like, such a keen focus on this, but I would feel way safer, mm. like, with knowing that a friend knows them well enough to be like, yes, Maddie. For sure. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, look, there was no right answer, but you both answered right. <laughs> it was a right answer. <laughs> I, I think it's – I'm also very safety-oriented as well, um, partly because, you know, woman existing in yeah. the world, mm-hmm. uh, partly because a five-foot-nothing woman with zero yeah. upper body strength, you know? Like yes. when I go out on dates with people that I've met on dating apps, um, I have – Stalked them within an inch of their lives mm. and sent their profile and as much information, usually, you know, like where they work, what they look like, yeah. the location that I'm meeting them at to yeah. at least five different people. Yeah, fair. So, like if I don't contact you by 9 a.m. tomorrow, uh, they have killed me probably. Yeah, yeah. That's really – That's so fair. fucking yeah. fair. Because it's so fair. My, my instinct is, okay, in the unlikely event that they do turn out to be a serial killer – realistically, like my fate is sealed from the moment that I walk in. Yeah. People can kill me with their bare hands by reaching across a table, yeah. you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I will be damned if they get away with it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. so fair. <laughs> I mean, spoiler alert, but that is the plot of Promising Young Woman. Oh, like Carolyn O'Donoghue? No? Different? Oh, oh, the the one with um, uh, Carrie... Uh, yeah, Mulligan. Carrie Mulligan. Mulligan. Yeah, so I didn't know uh, how to respond to that because I didn't know if the movie was based on a book. <laughs> I, I can't remember. I thought it might have been, but then I don't think it was because I think that Promising Young Woman by Caroline O'Donoghue is set in a marketing, an advertising agency, I think. Interesting. Well, whatever it is, I'm it, sure it's better writing than yeah. the movie Promising Young Woman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Oscar yeah. winner. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for answering. That was... Very welcome. Thank you for asking. I feel like I want to ask you, but I also feel like I already know the answer, which is... Oh, yeah, no. I would be... If I had to pick them myself, I would be overthinking everything. Yeah, So it's just safer to go with whatever the best friend thinks. That's true. And then at least you have some sort of insurance policy because your friend has put their name on that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, (laughs) if this goes badly, you have got banter fodder until the day they die. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Bless. Nicholas set me up with someone said that I can make fun of you on how badly you picked. <laughs> you hear this? <laughs> she acts like you have bad taste. She acts like I have bad taste. Unless I you... act like or I know. That's fucking hilarious because they have the same taste. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> That's how I know it's bad. Yeah, but this is fair. Oh, no. You know what? <laughs> this is fair. This is so fair. Oh. Um, okay, shall we get? I think we should into get. the actual questions. <laughs> we should get into the actual questions, which is just one big question. Yeah, yeah. So we'll start. I mean, I guess we should introduce it, which is Nicholas. <laughs> she hates doing it. She thinks it's so stupid. Oh my gosh! Okay. Oh no! Wait, right scenario. Yeah, no, but you still go. I feel like I always do it. Okay, if aliens invaded Earth mm. and they were pop culture loving aliens, <laughs> so imagine the you know the golden records that they sent out into space with like songs and photos and stuff on them oh, back God, in like the yeah, 80s they, 
I do remember no. that vaguely. Yeah, well, they did that. <laughs> it sounds like it something. Like that ass- it, it sounds like a Seinfeld bit, though. Like it, it does. doesn't sound it does. real. No. But it's true, and they were on like solid gold records. Oh my um, god! And they That's sent crazy. them out in space to float through space forever. Who did they send? Please tell me it was like you know good stuff. So it was like Queen, um, <laughs> Tina Turner. You know, like it was, it was stuff me, like that. Tell me and there was like, like a greeting. There was a greeting in every language. I think. Whack! As if any like of them are going to speak Earth, Earth. language. <laughs> I got Do you it. speak Earth? <laughs> At least it's better than just sending it just in English. I will give them that. Yeah. And if we sent it in 2022, it'd just be like, they open it up, a penis picture. <laughs> um, oh, no. So, no, okay. these culture-loving anyway. aliens, pop culture-loving aliens, mm. they come to Earth and they invade, and they say, hey, peoples of Earth, we're going to kill anyone who can't name the three pieces of pop culture that they think shaped who they are, define their personality had a big impact on their lives, their childhood, whatever. Just three pieces of pop culture that, that mean something to you. If you can't name three, you die. Oh, wow, okay. And that does mean all Pressure. babies. They oh, oh my say. God. So the fate of the planet is in my hands or in everyone's hands? So like anyone, they'll ask every person. Uh, this is going to take a while. There's going to be a lot of admin, guys. There is. No, let's make Jeez. it. It's all in your hands. It's oh my like God. a really high stakes. Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah. okay. I didn't want to put that much pressure on our guest, but... <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'll take control. Everyone of dies if you can't answer. Oh, my God. Everyone. You have a lot of faith in my abilities to operate <laughs> under pressure. But the, our side note is truly nothing matters. Yeah, yeah. If you have four answers, if you have ten, if you have one... It's all amazing that you even thought about it. Yeah. And we are grateful and thankful. Yes. So, uh, saying that... Yeah. Should we jump into the first thing that you Ooh, okay. perhaps thought of? Um, so fortunately, you allowed me some time to prepare, and I hope that the aliens would be courteous enough to do the same. They'd give me like 15 <laughs> minutes to just yep. calm think my nerves honest. and think. Um, so I don't know if this is, you know, the three most defining or whatever, but three of the most defining pieces yeah. of okay. pop culture. Love that. Um, I'm going to start with um, when I was, I think – 11. I love when they start with the story. Okay, mm. yeah. <laughs> so I was 11 and I I haven't ever been like super into music. Yet like you know there yeah. are people who are they love music so much and they treat it like, you know, they treat listening to an album like reading a book, like it's a full-on mm-hmm. activity. They love doing it. Never been that way. Yeah. Um, my first ever CD was bought for me by my mum because she figured that I should probably have a CD. I can't. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was Atomic Kitten, number one. Okay. Um, I don't know which iteration of Atomic Kitten uh, because Whack. I understand that a lot of people came and went, but it was one of them and they were, it was very 2000s. It was in like this sort of bl- bluey, purpley. There were the tall boots with the pointy toes and the Stunning. small and yeah, there was that. Uh, but this specific story takes place when I was 11 and I figured, oh, it might be nice to have something to listen to. I'll go and raid my dad's CD collection. Um, and one of the CDs which I found was Frank Sinatra's Greatest Hits. Wow. Okay. Talk about cultured. Yeah, okay, cultured. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about cultured. I just, I am 85 at heart. So, <laughs> I, and I became obsessed. I really, and still do, really love Frank Sinatra. I really love swing music and jazz. Uh, and that's, I think, really shaped the music that I like and given me, I suppose, a new appreciation for how music has evolved and how prolific things can be. And 
Uh, look, what I will say about Frank Sinatra is that he's also a very interesting character. Mm. Absolutely, he's not all good, all bad. He is problematic in a lot of ways. Yeah. But he's very interesting. I mean, at the time of his death, the FBI had a 275-page file on him. Iconic. Like, there are rumours and some <laughs> evidence to suggest that he helped Kennedy get elected. <laughs> like, he was deep in with Wild. mobs. But he also was one of the first people. So Elizabeth Taylor was one of the first high-profile public figure movie stars to create a charity mm. with her money and, like, actually start like a, a social initiative she yeah. was one of the first like most people it was like philanthropy and they'd like find one that already existed or something like that elizabeth taylor started the aids foundation right mm. um before her frank sinatra was one of the first people to be a movie star who lend his voice to a social cause and this specifically was segregation mm. and he was like this is bullshit like mm. he had there was a very famous incident where – so there's the Rat Pack, right? There's Dean yep. Martin, um, Frank Sinatra, and Sammy Davis Jr. And maybe one other guy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> An um, unknown fourth. <laughs> and that, that dude probably paid Blaze or something. Um, but because, you know, it was, what, the 50s, 60s or something at the time, they would tour around. And Sammy Davis Jr., one of the most prolific and talented performers ever, full stop, particularly of that age, was made to go and stay in hotels specifically for black people, yeah. which, you know, weren't as well appointed. And Frank Sinatra had a very public outburst where he lost his shit. Love that. And he, like, had an out-and-out fight, not like a physical fight, but he made enough of a stink I think it was something like the Ritz-Carlton or something. And he was like, no, 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 no. He stays with us. He's one of the acts. Don't be ridiculous. And I admire because it wasn't... Obviously, you know, I don't think that we should necessarily applaud people for doing the right thing. Mm. However, I think that it was different at the time because celebrities weren't expected yeah. to do stuff like that. In fact, it was quite, you know, like weird. Yeah. But he was unapologetic about it. He did a number of like public um, ads and things where he'd, you know, talk about um, how kids in neighbourhoods needed to get along and stop, you know, like creating small gangs and things and fighting each other. And I, I really admire that about him. He's yeah. um, also just a really interesting guy. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> Frank Sinatra is my first one. I love it. I feel like... I have so many questions. That, Sorry. like, <laughs> generation of people, the creators in that period, are such interesting people because if they didn't serve in the war, then they grew up with the backdrop of it. Like, the, their people directly True. above them mm. did. Um, so I feel like they're just such an interesting, like... Uh, there's like this really interesting mix of like being broken and having no expectations about society being good. And also they're the ones who are really starting to like believe in social causes and mm. are starting to try and push them forward, whatever they be, whatever yeah. they are. So I think yeah. you're right. It's, it's interesting that they, they seem to be a collective dawning at this point, um, I say, like, it dawned on people. Yeah. That, uh, star power could be more than just getting a great movie. Yes. And, like, Frank Sinatra's career, we, we think of him as this big star, and he did. He spanned, I think, 
four to five different generations. Mm. However, he had some real bad periods. <laughs> yeah. Did you know he won an Oscar? Wow. Yeah, Frank Sinatra for um, a movie where he played like this drunken Navy officer. He won, I think, Best Supporting Actor. <laughs> yeah. Wow, iconic. <laughs> really and then he made some shit movies. And then he, oh God, he like, he tried to basically be the Jackson 5 at one point. And I was like, oh, Frank, please, you're clearly having a midlife crisis. Please don't. <laughs> iconic. Please. That's that, so, I didn't even, I don't even think of him as an actor. I automatically just think of him yeah. as a singer. Yeah. yeah. Yes, okay, I, think I, I, I think I always kind of think of him as one of those all-around talents. Interesting. I don't know why. I think we're just when you reach that level of star power. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, it's like Lady Gaga. For sure. It's like Lady Gaga. <laughs> um, okay, my, I have so many questions. My first question is, when you first, at the age 11, <laughs> found this CD and listened to it, were you at that age intrigued by all of the history and... Oh, no, I looked into that later. I just enjoyed, like, it was boppy and it was fun. It was quite different to... Things that I'd heard on the radio, which mm. was, oh, what was this, um, like early to mid-2000s or something. So, mm. like, very, very different yeah. to things that I was hearing. Um, and I, I liked it. It was, it was fun. Yeah. I loved it. <laughs> which then I think after I listened to enough, so I played that CD to death. And then I think I went and got, or I got gifted another one of his CDs. And then after that, I think I started to, you know, just Google him occasionally and then, excuse me, um, and then sort of watch the odd documentary when they were available. Mm -hmm. But so, so interesting. Mm. Genuinely, yeah. I love it. I love it too. (laughs) Wow. What, do you know what your first CD was? Uh, Not the one that I would. That you bought for yourself. Still no? No. I have a very clear memory of a very specific CD from Mm -hmm. my childhood, but it was one of my dad's. Um, It was like, I think it was like top 10 hits. I don't know if it was the 70s or the 80s, but there was like two songs on there that I really loved. And so whenever we were in the car, I was like, Dad, put this song on. Was it like Wake Me Up Before You (laughs) Go-Go? No, it wasn't. It was actually, I don't even know what it was called, but I'll send it to you because you'll Mm -hmm. listen to it and be like, I've never heard this song before. Whereas I, as a five-year-old, was like, this is peak music is it one of those songs where like you listen to it now and you're like oh god i was a five-year-old singing this <laughs> oh no and as a five-year-old you have no concept yeah but now i'm like why did anyone let That's their me. children yeah. listen yes. to Barbie Girl by Aqua? Yeah. Like, oh no. Mm, yeah, that's True. me with um, Not Fair by Lily Allen. <laughs> I was like, why? Yeah. Why was I allowed to sing this? Mm. All Low by Flo Rida. Iconic. Mm. You and Your Hand by Pink for me. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, my first CD that I bought myself was... I mean, I'm not going to count like So Fresh hits of 2007, <laughs> but my first one that wasn't like a compilation thing would have been, I think, The Rogue Traders. Whack. Sorry, who? Do you know Natalie Bassingthwaite? I, I have heard of that name. She's, I could not. She's an Aussie singer, an actress on Home and Away and a bunch of things uh, and had a band in the 2000s called Rogue Traders um, that had truly like three. <laughs> three three songs that were fantastic awesome i think they were like one hit wonders but it happened three times okay <laughs> three hit wonders it's great you know yeah. um you voodoo child oh i love oh, that song oh, what? I, I know it's a song i don't know how it goes though 
baby, you oh, are my mood. Is that it? Yeah. yeah. My mood child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, that, that's one of the songs that they always play in, like, those early 2000s movies with a montage. Yeah. Or, yes. like, when the cheeky kids are running away from the mall cops or yeah. something. Yeah, it, it's a song that would have been on the Josie and the Pussycats movie soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Excellent. <laughs> um, no, that, I truly love this answer. I think it's iconic. Is there any um, <laughs> contemporary artists that you kind of vibe with Oh yeah, in plenty. a similar vein, perhaps? Um, Maybe not jazz and swing, but... Like someone who I've sort of got an equal love slash follow everything they do kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, Hosier. I really, really yeah. love... Oh, beautiful. The yeah. Jail. Oh, truly. Oh, man. Um, and then who else do I like? Uh um, let me consult my Spotify. Oh, no, it's so okay. You don't have to. Let me. Um, oh, sorry, I've got the I've got the phone in my hand. I might as well. <laughs> um, what is that? I. Um. I, are there any like? Has jazz and stuff kind of not like died out? But has it kind of? I think it's influenced a lot of things. Like, I do quite enjoy the 1975, and when you listen to them, particularly their early albums, yeah. you can't, like, they've got a sax player in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's great. I think that jazz as itself is coming back. I think that right now, uh, well, I don't know, maybe it's just my Spotify algorithm, you know, yeah. but I think that I'm hearing a lot more jazzy-er songs or songs which are pop but start with, like, a jazz introduction. Yeah. Right. Like, isn't there, like, a Maggie Rogers song or something? Um uh, the knife? No, that's is that Haim? It's something similar. Like I, yeah, there there are you know you have like this sort of jazzy um, introduction, then a very much a pop song. Adele's latest album has yeah. a few, I think, that are um, same that with um, Lizzo. Yeah, because I, I love you. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I love yeah. that. Yeah, um, that's like one of my top three favorite albums. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's good. Interesting. Lizzo in general. Yes. Lizzo's an icon, a legend, she and she is. is the moment. So have you listened to like people like, uh, well, the rest of the Rat Pack and Tony Bennett? and? Uh, not Tony Bennett. Uh, I don't think I've heard of him before. Awkward. <laughs> 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 Who? Um, yeah, I sort of like Sammy Davis Jr. I think I like the idea of Dean Martin uh, until I think too much about it and then I get sad for him because <laughs> like one of my favourite things is that they used to introduce him when they were doing shows and it was just like, and now direct from the bar, it's Mr. Dean Martin. Which is hilarious, but also like, oh, Dean. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, Side note, you should be doing voices for animated movies. (laughs) Well, I thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Loki, you can actually hear me do like two minutes of voice acting on um, two episodes. They're on YouTube of Shopkins. I I was Lola Rollerblade. Wow. um, Where I literally just was like, whoa! (laughs) And then I was, was, it was like some little, uh, like a, you play it with the Xbox. It's like a little, the the thing that you hold. The controller? Yes, that one. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, she can't mean controller. She doesn't. (laughs) She doesn't play the games. (laughs) Like, I am so bad at Mario Kart, man. mm, It's it's a no. (laughs) I crush at Mario Kart, just throwing that out there. (laughs) Awesome. Can we be on the same team and can you drive? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Me, but like actual IRL driving. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Interesting. Yeah, I, I do quite enjoy, I guess, 
if we're talking about older singers, um, uh, Ella Fitzgerald, mm. Billie Holiday, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, love some Bing Crosby. Like he's he's quite kitsch. <laughs> I yeah. love that it's so silly. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite songs of his um, is "Swing on a Star." Iconic. Which is so fun. Do you know it? Oh. Okay, all right. I'm terrible, but you know we'll we'll do it. Um, so it goes like. Would you like to swing on a star, carry moonbeams home in a jar, and be better off than you are? Or would you rather be a mule? (laughs) A mule is an animal with long, funny ears. He kicks up at anything he hears. Um, What an icon. It's like his his back is brawny, but his brain is weak. He's just playing stupid with a stubborn streak. But then again, if you... if you don't go to school, well, then you'll end up to be a mule or something like that. That's na, so na, fucking na, funny. Na, Iconic. Na, 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 na. <laughs> what an icon. And it's so silly. <laughs> he said you wanted this really deep intro to turn into complete camp. Um, I love it. I love it. That's so it. funny. It's so fun. Oh it, uh, thinking about all of these, you know, 60s and 70s artists, mm-hmm. really, we don't have that many singers nowadays that have such distinct voices. Like you think of Sammy Davis Jr., you think of Frank Sinatra you can hear mm. the voice. Mm. Yeah, I think it's because there wasn't a lot of production done back there, you know? And True. It's very cool, you know, but to a certain extent, it's – maybe it just changes the relationship that you have. Like, the music isn't just Lord singing, you know? Yeah. It's yeah. Lord, It's the sound of Lord working with her producer. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yes. With vo- layers of vocals and yeah, yeah. 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 Which is – it's fun and it's interesting, but it, it's not the same. And you're right. Like, to a certain extent now, sometimes things just – voices struggle to be distinctive in a yeah. way. Yeah. It's also I, probably a little bit because there's more of them as well. well that's true yeah. too. Yeah. That's true too. Mm-hmm. I, I was just going to say we brought you onto a pop culture podcast and asked you to compare and contrast like, <laughs> <laughs> the music of them to now. Like, Sorry uh, about that. <laughs> um, I wish that I could give a good answer, but alas, <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> this is fair. Um, I love it. Did you did you watch the Billy Holiday movie? Billy in the United States versus Billy Holiday? Mm, no, I haven't. What's that? It's a movie. God, it's just a it's just a biography. Um, but it's good. Awesome. That's all. That's the entire so thing list. I have to say. <laughs> awesome. I'm very keen. So it's enjoyable. Heck yeah! It got nominated for I think a bunch of Oscars. Yeah. Last year. That makes sense. I um I really want to watch um I mean Nina Simone, so her voice, incredibly distinctive, mm, yep. right? And just an icon. Like, yeah. Oh my god, you dig into the work that she did. And it's just like how did one person fit so much into their one single life? Yeah. You know, it's just incredible. Um what I've been meaning to watch is uh What Happened Miss Simone. Mm. That's on that's a Netflix one. I think it it was on Netflix. I don't, I don't know that it is. Yeah. I don't know if it is now. But anyway, that's on my list too. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Wow, okay, you've made me on my list. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. I, that's a fantastic answer. Thank you. It's different, it's fun. It, it came is with different. a story. Love that. Yes. Um Bless. Do you want my, my second one? Okay. I'm going to move on to number two. Um, number two, you will all be very familiar with this one. Um, what if we're like, hoomst? <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely will know. Um, so the second one, and look, it, it was a massive influence, but not in good ways. Um, okay. okay. So the next one is the Twilight Saga. Ah! 
perfect. <laughs> I, like, I, I enjoyed it so much at the time, but I it reaffirmed some really damaging mm. beliefs, mm-hmm. some really toxic ideas of what a relationship should look like uh-huh. um, and how I should behave. And no just, joke, just oh. this week, Maddie and I had a conversation off the podcast about this. Mm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. immediate question. Mm-hmm. Are you talking... Books, movies, both. I'm assuming both. Both, both, definitely yeah. both. Um, Did you also read the, the books first? Oh, of course. I, I read the books first. I think I read book one and two, then went to the first movie, then right. finished the rest of the series, and then watched the rest of the movies as um, they kind of came out. Yeah. Yeah. Also, side note, but like, how good was the soundtrack to Twilight? <laughs> like, it went hard. <laughs> it was so good. Super massive black hole. Yeah. Like, God. Yeah. The soundtrack to an entire entire generation of girls, like accurate, longingly looking out the window. Truly. Mm. Truly. Yeah. But like, well, uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. Let's get into this because yeah, it I was fun, but it was not good for me (laughs) yeah okay so are you talking like the type of behavior that you would allow or the type of behavior that you yourself would engage with or both Both. or that you just thought was accepted society like yeah i think it's all of the above yeah um okay we were talking about this in the context of i was listening to a podcast i think it was like a virgin Mm -hmm. uh and they mentioned that uh stephanie meyer like a hardcore Mormon. Mm. Oh, is she a Mormon? I knew she Salt Lake City Christian, is like an LDS. An LDS? Uh, oh, oh, is that Latter-day the... Latter-day Saints. Oh, Latter-day Saints. Which is like, Mormon. Oh, is that the one that it's like the, the Kingdom Hall thing? Yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. Uh, they have one of those on Kangaroo uh, Point. They've got the, the thing and they've got the shiny... Um, I think I've seen this actually. Yeah, yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It's like this giant shiny marble building with this big old gold statue with a, a trumpet thing and I'm like okay. wow they have great groundskeepers yeah. <laughs> <laughs> iconic and there's one on the Sunshine Coast too but um the the entire Twilight series was basically written as Stephanie Meyer's answer to modern fiction and supernatural fiction and supernatural romance in a god loving way <laughs> in like a Mormon not god loving but Mormon way yeah huh. um <sighs> And that's so strange because, like, at no point quickly. does it sound too, like, it, it doesn't feel particularly Christian. There's not a whole lot of love thy neighbour in there. There's not a no. whole lot of, like, no, do the right thing, be a good person. It's very much sexual repression. Well, that's the thing. A lot yes. of it is yes. Um, yes, which is classic Mormon. Mm. I'm trying to find the actual, I, I found, like, a, a spark notes of mm. iconic the actual um <laughs> I love that. Points. Oh man, but like, I don't know about you, mate. So you've read, did you do like movies? Did you do books? Did you do the whole lot? Um, I've, yeah, done both. I think mm. I, I think I saw Twilight the movie first and then read all of the books and then obviously watched the movies as they kind mm. of came out. But I definitely had read all the books and was very much into it before New Moon came out. Yeah. I don't know which one was first, but they all happened. So it was Twilight, New Moon, Eclipse. Oh, Breaking sorry. I meant like which one, if I watched the movie first or mm. read the books first. Oh, um, I see. Yeah. 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 But Yes. Yeah, so I was yeah. I was very much into it, and when I was reading them, I was it was year six. I read them, and New Moon came out for me two thousand and nine. So that's how old am I? God, <laughs> thirteen, twelve, <Yeah. laughs> eleven, mm. young. young. I think I was I think I was a little bit older. This is actually one of the few times in my life that I can definitely say that I was influenced. Love that because I started reading Twilight because my friend, and still to this day, one of the most intelligent 
like critically thinking, just cerebrically witty people that I've ever met. Um, so her name's Anina Fall, and she is uh, we've lost touch, unfortunately, which yeah. is a shame. But like, lovely human being, Anina, if you're listening. Mm. Hey, slide into my WhatsApp again. Um, yeah, no, and she she was so cool. So it's interesting to me looking back that it's like, wow, the image that I have of her, like the memory that I have of her and even the like person that I know is so different to like this recommendation, you know? Mm. Like uh, to give you some context, so Anina um, – in, in South Africa, we have matriculation and the exams that you sit at the end of year 12 uh, is similar to New South Wales. So yep. you do an exam for every single subject. Yes. And sometimes mm-hmm. you take on extra subjects. Anina, I think, ended up doing 10 subjects or more in year 12. Wow. Oh and God. she got top marks in every single one of them. Wow. She was one of the, if not the most, highest ranked people in the country that yeah, year. Wow. Like she is on another Inhuman. level. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh, she's just like I d- the mind boggles. Mm. Yeah. The mind boggles. Wow. Anyway, and it's just like so I was definitely influenced because we were friends. I liked her. I knew she had good taste in books and stuff and it wasn't necessarily something too highbrow. Like mm. we enjoyed being nerdy and reading poetry together in the library. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, we also would read, like, silly books and stuff. Um, And she recommended this so highly, but there was never a point in any of the other silly books that I thought that it was like, wow, this is a bit very teenage girl, you know? Yeah. And now I only think that looking back. Yeah. Not there's anything bad with that, but it's just, like, this bizarre moment of, like, someone that I admired and respected so much for their intelligence and critical thinking – put me onto this series, which now in hindsight, I'm like, oh, this was not the best, was it? Yeah. yeah. Well, I feel like it, it because it was a very specific age group of people that mm. really liked these books. And I feel like it just kind of came around for our age at the right time because you're still, I mean, speaking as a white person in a predominantly mm. kind of Christian-focused country, um, it, it was it like – you grow up with the values of, you know, sex is special. You wait for marriage. You, yeah. you want this great romance. And so you're still right at that age where you're kind of getting interested a bit more in, like, mm. dating and sex and stuff. But the book is still appealing to all of the things that we're taught society mm. is, sure. um, you know, what we should be aspiring to. Yeah. Which I think is why we were particularly susceptible to it at, at that age. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, look, I don't know about you, but one of the things which I <laughs> – And look, going back, I wouldn't ever stop someone from reading the books. I think, you know, enjoy what you want to enjoy. There are some fun bits in there, you know. If you want to have joy from it, that's fine. But I would maybe want to discuss with them, like, if it was uh, a sibling or a child or whatever of mine. Yes. Like, okay, and let's discuss the fact that uh, we see Bella as intelligent, fair, whatever. Um, And we praise her and almost say it's a good thing that she has this stunning lack of self-awareness. Yeah. <laughs> like just, just this lack of self-awareness, lack of ways that she's impacting other people. And mm. I think that why I didn't twig onto that at first was because we start the series with her moving across the country yeah. for the betterment of like her mum or something. Like yeah. she's doing this amazing sacrifice thing. Yeah. And I'm a bit like, first off, that's fucked up. That's yeah. Fucked up. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's 
okay, but like, and we never really address that. No. Like, at no point do we go, oh, okay, so maybe we should unpack the fact that Bella felt the need to take care of her mother. And like, it's written point blank in the books, like, I needed yeah. to raise my mum. Yeah. You know, yes. she was the child and I was the adult in that relationship. Yep. Yeah. But at no point do we unpack that. And to a certain extent, that also isn't reflected in a lot of other, her other relationships. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was just, Stephanie Meyer's not known for a... Uh, mm-hmm consistency i my i could spend hours talking about this going really deep into this topic it's it's so intriguing to me um the character of bella and the relationship she had with edward and jacob to some extent like that whole macho jacob edward fighting like oh god i've only read the first two twilight new moon okay and even just from the context of those these books (laughs) you'll start a page and by the end of it the character they're talking about will have contradicted themselves 30 times. Oh, yeah. It's like, I don't know. But yeah. anyway, I found... <gasps> you found the, okay. the Mormon shit. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I found the Mormon shit. I made Still up for that. Um, basically, she's a hardcore Mormon. Uh, direct quote from the Wikipedia page. Maya is a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, and does not drink alcohol, coffee, doesn't drink coffee, she doesn't smoke, and she doesn't watch R-rated movies, doesn't swear... All that. Uh, similarly, there is no drinking and no smoking, no R-rated stuff in any of the no- uh, any of the novels. Mm. Despite pressure by the publisher to include a major sex scene in Breaking Dawn, mm. and in a way she did, but she didn't. Well, yeah. mm. she was adamant against graphic sex. Um, and then I see. I always felt like that really reflected again the age of the readers. Mm. It's like this is not well. That's what everyone yeah. thought, but yeah. apparently not. Because I think a large not. most of the readership was not actually teen girls yeah older women i think on that point it's really interesting to note that look i haven't read them in a long time but it's interesting that she was adamant not to have a graphic sex scene and yet the way that she described so many other physical contact between her and edward was not necessarily graphic in like my tongue shoving in and out of his mouth or anything but like (laughs) the way that she described how it made her feel was yeah you know not like super erotic but the, the subtext was there, man. Yeah, yeah you, know, I mean, you know what it is. Ed, oh, what's, what's the Edward novel? Um, Midnight Sun. In Midnight uh, yeah, Sun, yeah. he's like, oh, yes, khaki pants, boner. <laughs> what? <laughs> Isn't that he describes, like, the sexiest outfit he's ever seen? And she's wearing, like, a khaki uh, ankle-length skirt? I think he, I can't remember. I don't know. May- maybe he was like, somehow it was the sexiest outfit I've ever seen. That sounds yeah. like an Edward thing to say. It does. But Girl. like, oh. Uh, but no, in this respect, there was uh, Lev Grossman, a journalist, stated, some of the series' appeal is due to its lack of sex and its eroticizing of abstinence. Yeah. So in a way, the lack of sex was in and of itself sexy. Yeah. Yes. Really? Because in my mind, I'm like, no, no, no. That's uh, what we would call edging. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, that's building up. Te- that, that's called <laughs> sexual tension. <Yeah. laughs> like, what was the Twilight spoof movie? Uh, Vampires oh, Suck or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where there was the scene where she was like desperate to have sex, but her dad put like the chastity cage yes. around her. Iconic. <laughs> like, there God. was not a cruder way to do this, but mm. uh, also not a more accurate didn't way. Didn't he yeah. then? Oh God! What, didn't he also? So like they somehow like got the chastity belt off her, and then he like chainsawed through pubic hair. Yeah, wasn't that was also a thing? Like that. Which is like what? that's that's something, I guess. Okay, that's the thing that happened. All right. Honestly, the spoof movies of the two thousands. How truly? What? When? Where? Why? <laughs> and bring them back. 
<laughs> I thought I genuinely thought the epic movie was high high art. The what? The epic movie? It was a spoof of action movies. It included Harry Potter and Titanic uh, not Titanic, Harry Potter and Pirates of the Caribbean and all that. I've seen it but I remember nothing. nothing. There's sex jokes about wands and sorcerer stones oh, and all probably. Almost certainly. All stupid stuff, Narnia. Um yeah. But no, yeah, I, I I am obsessed with the fact that the series becomes a completely different thing if you have the knowledge of her being a Mormon and wanting yeah. to write a novel, a series about, in this genre, mm. the romance fantasy genre, that would fit her views yeah. and beliefs. Thank I think that's really it. interesting. And you can read it two different ways then. Yeah. As a teen novel or a Mormon novel. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it's uh, as Mormon erotica. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I suppose it's the same as uh, the C.S. Lewis series of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, mm-hmm. which is so very clearly when you know, oh, yeah, it's an allegory for the, yeah, the Bible and, like, as Jesus Christ in his journey. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. yeah, yeah. Aslan is Jesus and he was sacrificed for the years of the death. Should have yeah. known yeah. there was a reason they let us read them in primary school. I got it. Is there like, um, what do you think is the thing that was most, what stands out to you now as something that you wish that you'd been able to go back to your younger self from the Twilight Saga and go, okay, but let's discuss this because it's not healthy. New Moon. <laughs> yeah, that's the way really oh, true. the oh, emotional yeah. fuckery of New Moon—they're yeah, psychologically really torturing each other. Mm. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. And just like the, to a certain extent, I understand. Like you know, when you are that young, hormonal, and you have your first romance and you yeah. have that first heartbreak, I get it. But like, oh my god, we needed to see like some big old interventions here, yeah, because that is super duper unhealthy. Yeah, the extent of Le- Bella's she jumped depression. off a cliff yeah. because she thought that she could have like yeah. hallucinations of her boyfriend who dumped her. I yeah, I I do think that the Twilight series uh, changed the course of culture. Yeah. <laughs> and then, Honestly, like, and Jacob, I was so Team Edward, but I'm like, Jacob was actually a really healthy choice. He liked her. He respected her boundaries. He liked her for who she was. He saw things that she was doing that, like, were a unsafe for her and that were unlike her, and that he didn't like, and he addressed yeah. them. Yeah, like Jacob was great. Yeah. And yet we were all like, get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like oh, it's it's really true. Jacob was great. Like when you look at the context of New Moon, and then you kind of get to Eclipse, and then obviously because she's. Back with Edward and then you have Jacob like not respecting the choice mm. it's it, it like I get it just gets so messy so yeah. quickly as you say and but like then you're almost romanticizing this idea about boys fighting over you and what is up with this romantic yeah. idea of yeah. people fighting over you I can think of nothing worse <laughs> truly what a fucking nightmare are the you guilt, kidding me the guilt I would have <laughs> yeah and just like the whole yeah. it's like you know what you two need something sort sort yourselves out yeah, I'm out. Like, Honestly, the, the they just need to drag off, get some tension out. <laughs> yeah, they'll be good. It's so true. Like and when when you look at Eclipse, like Edward kind of holding the idea of sex over Bella's head, mm. um, like manipulating her into she's only going to give her sex if she marries him. Mm. Um, he's only going to turn into a vampire if she marries him. You know, it's like this whole yeah. Oh, also, eternal real life level of- in Mormonism. If you atone for your sins and you do all the right things, you're granted eternal life. But, like, how did Bella atone for her sins or, like, do good things? Because isn't a core part of the Mormon faith going and, like, you know, door knocking and saying, hey, like, join us and, you know, be saved and do good things and, like, 
that element of Christianity is just totally meeting. I see, I remember nothing of Bella being like, you know what, And today I will go and volunteer my time for the less fortunate. Yeah. And today I will go and like get some clothes from the op shop and then yeah. do some other good deeds. You're totally right. I, I, the Maybe only... it was having a vampire child. <laughs> Waiting until marriage to have sex and having the baby. That See, was. See, I was going to say oh the gosh. only the only thing that I can think of is her complete devotion. Yes. To Edward and wanting to be a vampire. And yet that is so would correlate to complete devotion to the faith. And yet that doesn't make any sense because, like, if we then equate... Okay, so in Christianity, it's like, okay, so what you're saying is that Bella's worshipping a false god there. Yeah. She's worshipping an idol and... and what? What? Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, this entire series, this entire person, Stephanie Meyer, is all fascinating. Um, I... Back to me thinking that it changed the course of pop culture. I think that it brought... uh, angst and um, romanticizing emotional trauma. <laughs> I think yeah. it went from being a niche thing for emos only to be made fun of On into the mainstream in Tumblr and black and white photos and self-harm and stuff uh, to the mainstream and culture and this is why we have euphoria. <laughs> I still haven't seen, but I need Interesting. to. Yeah. I've seen season one. It's honestly a genuinely good show and it has mm. very great character studies, but it's like, these are teenagers. I don't need to be, this is too much. We're doing too much. Mm. Uh, and yet as a teenager, you watch those shows and you're like, yeah. 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 I mean, you think of the amount of shows now and movies and books that are all about angst and love triangles. I mean, obviously it was more prominent just after Twilight, but... I hate love triangles. You forget the, the cultural impact that this series had. Oh, yeah. It definitely... Psychotic. And, like, I'm not going to lie. I'm still obsessed with this series. Sp- the movies. I'm obsessed with the movies. They're camp. They're, <laughs> They're ridiculous. They didn't yeah. know they were being ridiculous, and that made them camp. <laughs> I think that some of them, like like uh, Robert Pattinson hated it so much, I think oh that God. he knew, and so he was like, funny. I'm just going to go push it. into it, like go go fully into it, because otherwise, how are you going to survive, man? Oh, it's yeah. so true. It's I so think that's true. the same as uh, the, the Fifty Shades of Grey series. Oh, yeah. Wasn't that Twilight fan fiction? It yeah. was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What's up? <laughs> What's the one scene in the first one? <laughs> she said no! She said no! <laughs> Have you seen the movies? They're so stupid. I think I saw one, but I was like, this was meant to be sexy? It's the opposite They're of sexy. They're genuinely bad, terrible Zero BDSM chemistry. etiquette. And it's not... Completely clinical. It's all, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh. But they're oh. very funny. <laughs> <laughs> they are hilarious. With mm. a friend. Watching alone, it's like boring. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> that's true. Another great answer. Frank Sinatra, Twilight. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like for me, the thing that really, like, that I still struggle with, like, separating in terms of how it, like, affected me personally is this idea of, like, having the soulmate. Because we were talking about mm-hmm. New Moon before and about how emotionally dependent Bella was on Edward and how destroyed she was that he left. But a lot of that hinged on the fact that she truly believed that he was, like, her person. He was it for her. Right. There was nobody else. Um, and I, I feel she like, did nothing to actually like establish any identity for herself outside of him. I mean, that too, definitely that, that was <laughs> the negative aspect of mm. that. But just like she went into it and she was like so sure. And I mean, obviously, ultimately, the book rewards that because mm. they were mates. Um, yeah. I feel like for me, <laughs> yeah, I know, fucking stupid. <laughs> for me, I was like at that pivotal age where I was reading it and I was like, oh my God, there is that perfect person out there for me and I will know who it is. 
as soon as I meet them, you know. The Romeo plus Juliet looking through the aquarium moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, like. But we will never discuss how Romeo and Juliet actually ends. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You know what? You're right. Shakespeare's the one who bought teen angst and romanticizing emotions. Exactly. Although, at least Shakespeare, like, had this great. Oh, man, the friar has this amazing monologue. I don't know. Have you guys read the play? I have, yeah. Okay, so remember, I, I can't remember the exact line, but it's so fucking funny. <laughs> and um, Romeo's going to the fry and he's like, oh my God, this girl, I'm in love with her. She's my entire life. She's amazing. Oh my God. And the fryer's like, so, what, dude, there is still some dirt on your cheek from the tears you cried over Rosaline <laughs> not one week ago. <laughs> I love Romeo that. and Juliet is a rebound story. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. He just wants to get his dick wet. That's what mm, all true. men want. He's like, I have been rejected. I will find someone to validate me. Oh, mm. hello, younger. Well, look, I mean, the age difference wasn't too bad back then. Yeah. I mean, oh, frankly, if you watch... um. West Side Story, mm. either adaptation. I haven't seen it yet. Really want to. I mean, it's ridiculous that I, as like a theatre person, haven't seen it. But <laughs> there you go. Oh, but I feel like uh, West Side Story kind of um, highlights, not purposefully, mm. but because it's a screen adaptation, everything's there. Mm. You can be like, oh, yeah, the age difference is a thing. Well, what's the age difference in West Side Story? It's Romeo and Juliet. Oh, okay. So it's a what? Romeo was sixteen or seventeen, and Juliet was turning fourteen. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. So they're older in West Side Story, but it's the same. Yeah, I suppose different developmental stages for sure, but like not too bad in terms of years, I guess. Uh, you know, at least in Romeo and Juliet, there is this entire thing where her dad is like, no, 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 please just, like, let her have two more years. Yeah. Come on, she's, she's, she's pretty young. She's pretty yeah. young. Yeah. Even in the 1500s, they were, like, it's a bit young, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think in the most, in this West Side Story, uh, it's a bigger age gap because there's a bigger age gap in the actors. Because ah. Rachel Ziegler was, like, literally just out of school. Mm. Uh, she was still in school when they cast her. Um, and then her lead is... Ansel Elgord, who's, I think, like, almost 30. Oh, he's got a very round face, though. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, we, we age differently. <laughs> um, I don't know. Yeah, it's all, it's all fascinating. Mm, yeah. It is. It's true. Do you have anything, um, I suppose, before we move on to the next one, do you have anything that stands out to you as one thing that you really wish you could talk to a younger self, even if it's not you, like, if it's, some young person who's just started really enjoying the Twilight Saga. Is there something that you'd be like, okay, enjoy it, but this thing here, let's be careful, not mm. healthy. I mean, everything, every serious, <laughs> every serious topic in that movie, in the series, mm. I would say needs to be reconsidered. <laughs> yes. Every serious topic. Um, the fact that we all just fully accepted that Jasper was part of the Confederate army and no one yeah. questioned that. <laughs> That's fucked up. The fact that the entire first novel, frankly, I don't think the way that Bella, not the movie, but the entire first novel, the way that Bella thinks things and processes things, I would say is unhealthy. Mm. Remind me again. I'm not sure I remember. Oh, she's just like hardcore depresso. <laughs> Which, I like, mean, fair. She's had a terrible upbringing with her mother. Um, yeah, but she, she like needed medication or something. Yeah. But she also like... 
it's interesting because you're right. The way that she considers things, but then the way that she also seems to have this disregard for other people. Oh, completely. Yeah. It's like, I don't understand. So let, let me understand this. You've had this turbulent upbringing with your mother where you basically are lacking connection. Oh, okay, yeah, you are investing all of the connections that you crave and you want with the one romantic one. Okay, I get it now. I yeah. Get it now. Yeah, yeah. It's it's all in the one person. Yes. One person will fulfill me and make me a human being. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you God. think about it, even as a contained story, each novel and each movie, I guess, um, is all about narcissism. Mm. Every single movie, his entire family has to put themselves on the line to save Bella or to protect Bella or whatever. Mm. Like, And it's always, whether she asked for it or not, she's yeah. the one who put them in that situation. And then they're or the was ones it Edward? Who, I don't care, both of them. They're both fucking young too. idiots. <laughs> and why is it that, like, okay, so Jessica is put down to being this, like, mean, oh, snippy yeah. little airhead that's annoying. I'm like, Jessica was trying to be her friend, though, quite early <laughs> on. Wasn't she just there being like, you can sit with us? Yeah. yeah. That guy, yeah, oh, no, don't waste your time on him. Or, like, yeah. It's just like, why? She made okay. some points. She did make some points. She, some points. <laughs> <laughs> she was the only one who spent time with Bella during New Moon as well, like, before she mm. met up with Jacob. Yeah, yeah. it was, um, yeah, that's right. Was it um, Jessica and Angela or something? I don't know if Angela was there. I can't remember from the book. I only I didn't read. The I can only think of much. the movie when she goes to the biker gang. Yeah, exactly. To get adrenaline. Oh my How gosh. <laughs> That's another great piece of advice. Don't go to gangs. Do not. God, that ends badly. That man was very nice. <laughs> um, what a nightmare. Yeah, truly. I. All right, we better. Truly do feel like we could talk about Twilight forever, but let's truly, move on. Yeah. Let's have a little break from these to talk about okay. what you're watching what i'm watching what you're um, watching i had to write this down because if nothing it's totally uh, fine no i i watched the things um, what did i what did i find <laughs> i it? watched things aha here we go um so at the moment my what i'm watching is mostly just either comfort watches, so rewatching things like Brooklyn mm. Nine Nine, uh-huh. love that, um, love it, or the Mindy Project, which <gasps> I got into like well after the series finished, but really, really fun. It's really fun, yeah. Some bits have not aged very well, <laughs> but uh, you know what? Very fun overall. I've yet to find a sitcom that has aged well mm. in mm. every aspect. Um, but no, the Mindy, Mindy Project. I've only seen season one, but it, um, it's genuinely enjoyable. Yeah, it's. I usually find that a lot of American sitcoms have a lot of cringe humor and I can't cope. Yeah. This is great. I don't yeah. cringe. Mm. It's great. And, you know, there may be like one or two moments, but it's fine. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get over it. Yeah. It's very fun. The Mindy Project. Okay. Is a lot of your time movie watching time, TV watching time sitcoms? Yeah. Look, it's mostly comedies at the moment. Um, some, I don't watch many drama things. I find that I can only really watch drama stuff when there's not a whole lot else going on in my life mm. because otherwise I'm like, I don't have yeah, the mental no, and saying. emotional capacity. If like, I do watch dramas and stuff, uh, it needs to be stuff I've already seen. Mm. Or it needs to be fair. really, really camp. Yeah. Fair. Very fair. Yeah. What about you guys? I've honestly, I started rewatching the Harry Potter series, mm. which I think is the only series of movies that I can actually separate art from the artist. Mm. Mm. Um, and I think that's because I had a relationship with the series before. Yeah, it all happened. J.K. Rowling turned out yeah. to be um, a tough, <laughs> a terrible person. Yeah. Which, by the yeah. way, side note, J.K. Rowling could have kept her mouth shut like Stephanie Meyer does. It's true. Mm. And just stayed rich. Anyway, um, and the thing is, like, it, it's interesting because she sounded off about that. Right? We've previously praised her and rewarded her for sharing extra tidbits 
about the backstory of characters. Mm. And we've been like, yes, tell us more random stuff, which doesn't actually apply to the real world, but really applies to our childhood and this fandom. Uh, but the minute that like she starts to branch out into things that like, you know, really, really, really matter. It's like, yeah, you're right. She could have just shut up and stayed rich. Yep. Yep. Could have lived a happy little life. Mm-hmm. So could we, without knowing, Literally. without having yeah. it tainted by that. God yeah, damn. it's true. Gross. Um, and the other things I've been watching is basically the new season of Drag Race. I'm rewatching Drag Race UK season one before iconic the international All Stars comes out, and the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Which, by the of way, course. I was I had to pause it last night because I was laughing so hard at one moment. <laughs> this one woman, in, I'm watching season five. This one woman, Kenya Moore, is having an argument with another woman, Portia. Uh, Porsche <laughs> and Porsche's husband is there, Cordell, and he's like a controlling monster. But anyway, yeah. Kenya is having an argument with his Porsche, and the husband butts in and starts getting all aggressive with her and gross and ill. Uh, and then it cuts to a confessional of Kenya, and she's like, "I was talking to one bitch, and now I'm talking to two bitches." <laughs> and I had, to, I had to pause. I was laughing so fucking hard; it was so stupid. Um, <laughs> Maddie, what are you watching at the moment? Um, this week I rewatched the Pirates of the Caribbean trilogy, the first three. I've just started the fourth one last night, but only got mm. halfway through and was like, okay, I need to just go to bed now. I'll rewatch, I'll watch the end of it. The, the fourth day. one is when Will and What's-Her-Face aren't in it though, right? Yes. Yeah, no, I, they, they tried, but there was, was a big old hole in the middle it was, of the movie. Was the one with Sam Claflin and the mermaid? Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. It was much it more really, boring. It, it was so boring because I don't think that they milked that like a sexual tensional relationship. Yeah, exactly. That was yeah. just yes, yeah, very sad. Honestly, Agreed. and then the fifth one had nothing. Yes, I. So I feel like I only watched that like once or twice. I so haven't I'm watched it watch since it. cinemas. Yeah, I, don't I think just I remember it either. being a CGI mess. Yeah, same, same. <laughs> but I'm keen to watch it and see if I still hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Which like the actors in it, like Kaya Scottolario and stuff. Yeah, I know. I, love. I, I don't know why they how they flopped so hard, but whatever. I feel like they relied way too much on, like, sex jokes from what I remember. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. I was probably eating that shit up. Penis! <laughs> 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 oh, my God. It was only, like, 2006. We went and saw it in cinema together. Yeah, probably. So. Do you remember how much we loved the Angry Birds movie because of the sex jokes? Yeah, it was fucking fantastic. I still love it. Have you seen it? It's a terrible Terrible. Film. Terrible. <laughs> so bad. But they were like, you know how most animated kids' movies have those jokes that are just adult enough yeah, to go over the kid's head, but yeah. for the parents to enjoy. This movie was basically just humour for the parents. Yeah, <laughs> it was like balls to the wall, fucking sex so, jokes, so fucking funny. left, right and centre. It was so funny, yeah. Like bad funny, but funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> stunning. I, yeah, I haven't been watching that much this week, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. For me, there's not a lot like to talk you. about. Mm. What was... All right. No. Shh. We'll jump straight into your third answer. Oh, third and final answer. Um, <laughs> um, my oh, my third and final answer uh, was I was shaped and potentially like my love for edutainment, and I think this is one of the things my parents did to foster a lifelong love of learning. Mm-hmm. A lot of mm-hmm. little yes. <laughs> um, magic school bus PC games. Wow! Oh my god, what an answer. Yeah. This is an iconic answer. This is why I love having guests on the show so much, is because so they just sometimes they just come up with the wildest things. And, and it I'm triggers like, a oh memory. Oh my god, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> taken back. Hey. Whack. Okay, wait, but I didn't know there were games, I'm not gonna lie. I just 
<laughs> remember the show. <laughs> I so in South Africa we never got the show. I have <sighs> never seen an episode of the Magic School Bus huh. ever. So your entire knowledge about this is it's games. Yeah, it's games, and it was really fun. Um, we got to so you'd go in the Magic School Bus, and you were one of the students. So you didn't create an avatar or anything, but you didn't play as someone. You just played as yourself. And uh, I remember three of them quite distinctly. Um, it was we didn't ever do like human. I didn't ever get one that was human body, but I got the ocean. Uh, the jungle slash Amazon and volcano. Volcano was shit. <laughs> so shit. Um, jungle was good, but there was one really hard game where you had to cross the river and it was like a dexterity thing. Mm. And you had to like, you were a monkey and you had to um, oh. swing on some vines, but the vines were actually snakes and you had to like time oh it God. really well. And it. sometimes if you got like the wrong snake, then you would like, you know, it would bite you and you would die or something. Oh, Jesus. And then you have to like get across the, the river with these logs <laughs> and stuff as well. Um, but that was really fun. I learned about like, marsupials and things uh and then yeah the one about the ocean was really fun um i think mostly just because i got to like decorate the ocean floor a couple of times (laughs) (laughs) how iconic this This has triggered so many memories of like um, the blues clues educational game the the builder educational game for some reason i'm thinking about putt putt not like miniature pop-up. The car? The car? The car, yeah. The car. Yeah, that's what, what triggered for me. It's like a little purple car and you also learned things, I think, but not many things. I think it was more of like a PC, just actual game. Oh, okay. Fair. Um, there are so many Australian references and things that I'm like, I'm just going to assume that that's a very nostalgic <laughs> Australian thing. Like, healthy Harold means nothing to me. Oh, healthy fucking Harold. <laughs> no. Sorry. No memories triggered. No idea. Whack. Putt putt was a Who huge is she? Part I don't know. Her. <laughs> I'm sorry to this man. Um, <laughs> that's iconic. Did so. I sounds as though it was more the um, the educational aspect that kind of hooked you. Uh, not necessarily. I think I, I got to play fun games, and then I would know stuff too. Yeah, um, which was really fun. It was like bright colors just difficult enough that it was interesting but not so difficult that it was like well i'm not even going to bother trying yeah um and you know like what child doesn't love animal facts (laughs) truth truth Mm. when they really mix the facts in with the fun it really just gets you it hooks you in no hashtag fake news (laughs) (laughs) just straight up animal facts (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's iconic would you ever would you ever Play it again. Go, yeah, go and go to an op shop and try and find a copy. That is quite the challenge. Um, look, why not? I mean, look, if I had the opportunity to play it again, sure. I don't think that I'd like it as much because you yeah. know it wouldn't be as interesting or nostalgia as, is a yeah. hell of a bitch. That's yeah. true. She I will blind you to the faults. That's mm. it's true. I recently bought recently last Christmas, not the one just gone, the one before. I bought my brother um, Crash Bandicoot. Which he and I had played as kids religiously. And when I bought it, I definitely expected it to be stupid. Like the graphics were terrible. But he and I spent like three weeks just sat at his computer trying to get through this game just because <laughs> we loved like just the memories that it mm. yeah brought on. So sometimes. I think I played the Magic School Bus game Human Body one. Mm. I found them on eBay. Oh. <laughs> and, and we okay. love it. Okay. That's, a magic, that, that's the one. <laughs> and it was specifically the CD cover that. That triggered um, something in me. 
Iconic. No, I haven't played it. Because I always thought games that had the CD print on them but were still mostly shiny. I don't know if you can see that. Mm. I thought they were so cool. I was like, how did they do that? (laughs) More interesting than the game itself. Iconic. So cool. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Microsoft Magic School Bus explores the rainforest. Mm -hmm. A fun-filled, fact-packed science adventure. Go off, queen. Yes. Yes, I remember. And then um, the one wow. for Volcano, did they have like this giant bore, boring machine? And then I think the one for the uh, for the ocean, they were like, the bus was a dolphin or something. The solar system one. Oh, I love the solar system. Dinosaurs. Love dinosaurs. Ocean, animals. Ooh, I can't find Volcano. That's okay. I, wish I found it inside the earth. <laughs> it's true. The animation on it looks way worse. Like, it sounded oh, like yeah. it should have been a cool thing. You know, things explode. Mm. You learn about different layers of the earth. But I, I remember nothing except I knew what a Richter scale was. Yep. Um, and I got to plant flowers after a volcano eruption in the game. And that's it. That's all <laughs> I remember. I don't. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But, like, why didn't they teach me about the impact that volcanoes had on, like, ocean tides and land formations. Yeah. And why didn't they talk about the fact that a volcano is formed where two tectonic plates rub up mm. against each other and, like, the molten lava from the Earth's crust comes up and creates the... Anyway. <laughs> I want real facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not the bullshit five-year-old fact. <laughs> Absolutely. Seven-year-old me was cutting... Like, oh my God, you know, like she, she had standards and she was not afraid to tell you that you were not meeting them. That's so funny. I love it. (laughs) Love that, honestly. I'm going to try my darndest to find online emulator of Mm -hmm. these games. And I'll send the links to everyone if I can find them. So exciting. They usually, you usually can. Like I found a couple of really obscure games using them. Nice. I love it. So, so how long have we been going? I'm scared for the answer. An hour and ten minutes. I am so sorry. <laughs> um, My we, concept of time is terrible at best. Yeah, especially since pandemic. Yeah, God. Um, well, we'll start wrapping up because we have three what the fuck of the weeks this week. So, yes, um, we shall I go first? Yes, you shall. I'll, I might have audiovisual supporting. Wow. Users. My goodness. But my what the fuck of the week this week? Okay. Mm-hmm. Is Machine Gun Kelly? Oh God! Wait, I have so many. Now, Machine, I Machine Gun Kelly. Now he he's the gentleman who's in a band and he plays the guitar in a funny position, right? And he just um, proposed to to Me Megan and Fox, Fox, and yeah. then they drank blood or something. <laughs> yes, you've got like half the info right. He's okay. a rapper. Oh, okay. My uh, Megan Fox stuff. You all got that right. Um. But yeah, Megan Fox, the most important bit. That was correct. Basically. <laughs> He proposed, right? Mm-hmm. And this fucking I can't find it. Um Oh, you mean the the image that they sent out? Okay, I found it. Um no, so they he got engaged, he designed this very specific ring. Mm. I don't know if you Oh my god, yes, I have heard about this. My what the fuck of the week is Machine Gun Kelly making this ring. His idea was I'll make a ring with two gems in it. Mm. Stunning, beautiful, off to a great start. <laughs> um, two different colors Promising. to separate their love. They come together, beautiful symbolism. I love it. It's a ring. Um, there's floral design elements to it, and he's designed it basically so that there's thorns coming out of the stems, which the stems the ring, uh, and there's, there's thorns, and these thorns are positioned <laughs> that way. 
right? So the pointy end is away facing from. Up. Okay, so it's it's facing up towards the nail. Up towards the nail. Okay. His idea was, if she ever wanted to take the ring off, it would cut her and make her bleed. What the fuck? Because love is pain. Yes. <laughs> and he wants that to be represented. The joining of two souls is painful. Love is pain. If she ever wants to take it off, she's got to cut herself and she's got to bleed. I have a lot of questions. Yeah. This is so fucking disgusting and toxic and very on brand all for Twilight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can see that. <laughs> all around. Okay, I don't know if you can see it that well. But I mean, I feel like that's one of those things where it's like, okay, you can, you can kind of see the sharp bit in, in between the two gems. <laughs> I I, I'll imagine. I'll use my substantial imagination. Oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I feel like this is one of those things where it's like, okay, this is really weird and I don't like it, but if that's for you guys, it's for you. But you should have kept that to yourself. You should not be telling a whole yeah. generation of teenage girls that this is what you're So it's two separate to. rings and they put them together into two thorns and the two gems come together. That's yeah. the sharp pointy bit. Oh. Yeah, so there's oh, both of the rings have something like that. Where's the sharp pointy bit? So it's it's sort of the perspective oh, you can't yeah. really see it because of the shine. But yeah. yeah, wow. Um, and I just think that that's really gross and really controlling and yeah. horrific. Couldn't you just take both rings off at the same time? Hopefully, <laughs> I don't know if there's a way around it, but his implication was that there was no way to get them off without pain. Yeah, that is. And ridiculous. I say, what the fuck? I agree. Yeah. Why is he bragging about this? Why is he thinking this is a good? Uh, Yes. Thing to put out into the ether. Why did his PR team not stop him? Like oh, he's God. definitely got a PR team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Surely, surely, this is one of the things that they would have discussed. I feel like I, I, I think what's happened with um, these two over the past, like, let's say, six months, is that everyone has become extremely fascinated with their relationship, and I don't think that that necessarily means people are like romanticizing it and thinking that it's something to aspire to but we all talk about it a lot because it's so fucking weird and i think that they've mistaken that for people uh, um, uh, them and yeah them. and so now they're like oh my god we'll just tell all of the really weird things we, right. that we do let's just keep one-upping ourselves yeah exactly exactly no. whereas in the like actual fact we're like what <laughs> put that away yeah. <laughs> yeah they learnt nothing from megan trainer leaking the fact that she and her husband have two toilets next to each other yeah so they can poop at the same time Weird. wasn't it like so they can pee and hold hands or something gross like that that's really that's unhygienic like it's fucking funny as hell that's i mean two toilets okay that's not so bad and the fact yeah, that it's the it's kid like... from spy kids is her husband <laughs> a thousand times better <laughs> hey. look if it makes them happy good for them but i Need some private time, thanks. Very yeah. bad. Yikes. Very, very much very so. Bad. Maddie, do you have a what the fuck of the week? Oh, I mean, shit. you have to have one. It's not an option. Fuck. <laughs> fuck. That's it's right. only an option for the guests. <laughs> I forgot that that was a thing that was going to be turned around on me. Um, What's my what the fuck of the week? Yeah, okay. It's going to be... Um, mm. Rose trees, okay. Rose trees. Yeah, because I have one out the front and speaking of thorns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have one out the front and it um like it was difficult to plant and make sure it was gonna keep growing. 
But well, yeah, roses in general are not known for their low maintenance. No, <laughs> but some, something I didn't realize is they flower year round, mm. which is if you prune them and do the soil pH and the blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so I've had mine in there for like three or four months and it's flowered continuously throughout that, which firstly was blew my mind. But it's like I get really worried about this tree because I'm like <laughs> – There'll be like a two-week period where it has nothing on there. It like drops all of its leaves, no roses, and then it'll start to grow roses. It's just about to get back into the growing roses everywhere phase. Um, anyway, and that's my whole story. I'm like, I don't know how to judge. Are you happy? Are you not happy? Are you just dropping your leaves and your roses because it's part of the cycle? Or are you mad at me? Like, what's going on, girl? This sounds like a toxic relationship. It, oh, she has me <laughs> in a fucking chokehold. <laughs> yeah, look, there is a reason why the only gardens you will see which have multiple perfectly pruned and beautiful rose bushes are belonging to retirees. Yeah. There's a reason. Like, they are a child, basically. They're yep. so finicky. And then oh, they yeah. get their roots wet, and then they have some bug. And then, then, oh, my ugh. God, the leaves I have black spot all over them, and I can't get rid of it, but... It's fine. It's still growing and the roses are still coming every now and again. So I must be doing something vaguely acceptable. <laughs> so it should turn into a bush, right? I mean, I don't know. Are they bushes or are they full trees? It's, I, well, it's a rose so, bush, isn't it? So when you – wait, what does this thing look like? It's like – is it like a stick and it has like it a round It currently bit? just looks yeah. like a, a tiny little sunflower, but it's a rose. <laughs> no. Standing up by itself. Yeah, well, it's got one, one, one trunk, but then mm. it's got – Things that come off the side. Yeah, yeah. so they'll like... Like a tree. Yeah, look, it depends how you grow them. Um, I always remember them being like very small trees. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can have rose bushes um, from what I, I remember. I, I think they I just, might be like two almost separate things. Like you can have rose trees or you can have a rose bush. You can have so many. Wild. There are lots and lots of different yeah. kinds of roses. And then I think if you like interplant them with other things, then it looks like a full-on hedge. Yeah, that makes Like sense. Animal Crossing. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Sorry. I've never done animal crossing. You crossbreed oh my the God. black roses with more black roses and you get a gold rose. Wow. Wow. That is interesting. I can't say that's ever happened. Wow. Well, to me. Personally, in the last three months of having a rose bush. <laughs> that seems like a you problem. <laughs> Paula, do you have a what the fuck of the week? And if so, share would it. you like to share it? Um, I do. I just want to quickly check in because timing wise, um, do we do we want to do lighthearted? Do we want to do serious? My serious I want you to do what you feel time. more what the fuck passionate about. Yeah. Happy for either, honestly. Okay. I'll try and um, be concise. Uh, so, <laughs> so my what the fuck of the week isn't... Um, Look, it's not particularly timely in a way uh, because, unfortunately, the amendment has already been made to the bill. It has already passed. It is already legal, but it still frequently upsets me. Um, mm-hmm. I think what has upset me is probably – so earlier this year with Djokovic and that scandal mm-hmm. of him, like, you know, being deported and then he was kept in the same hotel as asylum seekers. Yes. yes. Um and I suppose that sort of just reignited my frustration around how the Australian government treats yes. asylum seekers. Okay. Yes. Uh, and the thing that makes me a, a sort of just the what the fuck of last year, I suppose, was the fact that the Australian government passed this amendment to the Migration Act, which allows them to revoke someone's refugee status mm-hmm. and detain them indefinitely. Wow. So they can, like, even if you've gone through the entire process of, and it's it's lengthy and it's difficult, mm-hmm. and we already don't, like, there are people... It's expensive. It's, it is. It's expensive. And, like, there are people who have spent upwards of 11 years... 
in detention uh, yeah. or just in this limbo. And because they're an asylum seeker, so an asylum seeker is different to a refugee. Mm. Um, a refugee means you have been processed and you are given a refugee status, which means that like the well, what's meant to happen is that the country you are like seeking asylum in will allow you to basically do certain things to become a citizen mm-hmm. and you'll be able to get gainful employment. You'll be able to get like social security, stuff like that. Um, an asylum seeker is stuck in limbo. Mm. They can't legally like get a driver's license. They can't access things like Medicare. They can't necessarily get a job like you can, but it's quite difficult yep. and there's like visa requirements. And just the way that we treat them makes me feel physically ill and really, really angry all the time. Mm -hmm. And it upsets me so much that they have passed this through. Like they've rushed through this amendment in May last year. And now, you know, a a government minister, a single person, it's not even like there are multiple people who have to go through this decision. A single person can decide to revoke someone's refugee status. Yes, Mm. Uh, But they can also like... I'm just angry that Alex Hawke isn't putting his pen to good use. Yeah, like exactly. he could, he could single-handedly make the decision to take the Billowila family and put them back in Billowila. Yep. Yeah, like he he could literally sign his name on a piece yep. of paper and make it happen. And I recognize that the refugee crisis is a complex issue, but I just feel like we are consistently making it worse, and it really upsets exactly. me. <laughs> yeah, I um I actually covered this specific topic. Um, in one of my first IR international relations courses, hmm. and it was talking about it. It was specifically about the way that Australia frames um, asylum seekers as it's 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 called securitization. So basically, what he was kind of telling us is that the Australian government has positioned. Specifically, people coming via boat, um, mm. but generally also the wider kind of asylum seekers, refugees, um, as like a threat to Australia, and so they have have made them out to be these people who are coming to like do whatever, steal our jobs, whatever it to is steal that our they jobs, think be is up to no good, to perform criminal activities. Yeah, they, yeah, and so yeah. they so successfully have marketed that that then the Australian government was able to um, actually, like, act as if they... So they they marketed them as a threat and then they were able to behave and treat them like they were a threat. Yeah, exactly. So they've been able to pass laws because it's this... um, because they are a, because they're a threat to Australian security, where it's obviously that's actually not the case. It's and so it's funny, very much like, against like the UN Human Rights Charter. Yeah, and stuff. we're contravening no less than seven points on the Human Rights Charter. Yeah, exactly. But because we because the government has positioned them as a threat, we're like not technically. If that makes yeah. we are obviously, it's so interesting but, that we're like, oh yeah, okay. So I'm making this decision based on these facts. Um, this fact was written by me. Yeah, like, no, that's that's <laughs> literally exactly basically what has happened, and so we've been able to act extremely unlawfully without any repercussion from anybody because we have made them into a threat, even though they're not. Yeah, I mean, look, obviously, not everyone people are filled with you know light and dark, all the rest of it. Like we're we're complex beings, and of course, there there will be some people who don't have the same sort of moral compass, I guess. But I think it's a grossly inaccurate to position them all as these terrible like criminals and and more than that like you are taking these people who are already in the most 
desperate of situations and keeping them in that limbo state. Like we know from the lockdowns how poorly and how terribly that affects people's mental health and well-being on a Mm. long-term basis. And people have been suffering that having no idea if that will ever end for them yeah. for years. Yeah. And it's, um, you're, eight you're right. Years. One of them's eight years, isn't it? Yeah. Um, eight, there's also 11. It's pretty terrible. And I find it continually, like, shocking that the international community has either no awareness of it or mm. just doesn't care that it's going on. It's like, guys, can someone – I mean, I know we need to obviously mm. hold our own government accountable, but – they're never going to stop doing it unless there is also international pressure. Like yeah. they're, they're, that's just how our government mm-hmm. works. They don't make any decisions unless it's going to affect them, their international standing. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's infuriating. No, I totally, uh, particularly for you, I imagine, is like mm. something that really hits quite close to home. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I'm an immigrant, but I, I realize how easy it would have been for me to fall in that situation, I guess. Not, uh, look, um, I guess just for anyone, you know, like fate is is funny that way. I think that there is so little difference between any one of us and people who literally pack up their – they leave their entire life behind. They leave everyone they've ever known, everything they've ever had, pay an exorbitant amount of money to someone who's probably got some shady-ass morals Mm. to get on this leaky boat to go across the ocean in the hopes that they will be safer. Like, you don't do that unless you are truly desperate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And And it's expensive. And it's not like... I think we also paint them... Uh, the government seems to paint them as these like uneducated and like unproductive people of society. Yeah. There are doctors oh, and surgeons and scientists yeah. on that yeah. boat. You know, there are students, and it's just heartbreaking. And you're right. I, I guess I I feel particularly strongly about it because not only am I an immigrant from uh, you know Johannesburg isn't the safest place to live. Yeah, <laughs> at the best Definitely of times. Um, and I come from an extremely privileged background. But also, like, my, my dad's a migration agent. And so, you know, I, I know a bit more and I have a bit of a more peripheral understanding of the laws and things. And it uh, really upsets me. Yeah. <laughs> a lot. As it should. Yeah. Mm. It's it's definitely all around um, unacceptable. Yeah. Mm. And it's just so frustrating that it feels like it, – it's not even that it feels like we as individuals – can't make a dent in this problem but it feels like even if we band together there's so little we can do because they have you know we've been marching and petitioning we've been emailing mps we've been voting but it it feels like it's still i don't know what will be enough Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know how the situation would change Mm -hmm. i know there's the argument that it's like oh well you know if we made less of a song and dance about us maybe they could just quietly let in the refugees i'm like yeah you know what sure maybe but we're so far past that point now oh yeah there's no there's no chance you know like i feel like i would be unpersonally i'd be unwilling to do that because i'm i'm like i have less than no faith in our government to make the right choice like that like they're just even in things that are like long term Mm. going to be in their favor like if we look at climate change for example and like have the australian government could be forefront of mm. um renewable renewable energy they're not even going to do that when yeah, they stand to gain be, from it yeah, yeah. it's got to be a privately led revolution yeah the rest of it. And yeah I, look I, I get it you know to a certain extent we do have this cognitive dissonance in mm. terms of the way that we have an idea of what is right and the way that we also vote and things yeah but it's like 
yeah, it's um, it's a complex issue that I think that we really need to kick up more of a fuss about. Mm. And I, the thing is, even to lawfully migrate to Australia, right? It is really difficult, yeah, and it is really expensive. And they have a quota which has been going down and down and mm-hmm. down over the past decade. Mm-hmm. You know, I I came over with my family on a four five seven visa. My both of my parents are you know very like they're experts. They are working professionals with a lot of you know, expertise and we had a fair bit of money in Joburg. We we did, you know, like, but at the same time, it was still incredibly difficult for us to get in because we couldn't get in because my dad was a lawyer and so he'd have to requalify. So we had to get in using my mum's skill set in HR. And even then, you know, you have this point system and for every year you age after a certain point, you get like a, a negative almost on those things. That's crazy. Yeah, and even then, like, you don't get to, as a migrant to Australia, you don't necessarily get to choose where you go. You will get placed where the government wants you. Mm -hmm. And it's... um, Uh, Yeah, that's crazy. (laughs) Yes. It's crazy. Uh, Yeah, I I understand there's economics and I understand it's like, well, you know, like, housing is tight as it is and uh, the overpopulation all the rest of them. Like, yes, but that doesn't negate the fact that we are literally... uh, committing forms of psychological torture oh yeah yeah oh for sure oh it's definitely yeah no it's all around just terrible (laughs) yeah well Uh, no a good what the fuck though a very good one Mm. i can give a light-hearted one which is that i i cried (laughs) when trying to edit an instagram reel (laughs) glitching oh yeah yeah i was up until 1am just trying to make the cut change on the beat oh you had more dedication than I would have. I would <laughs> it's have for my day so job, quickly. so like I had oh, to. Oh yeah, so it's like fair. Uh, must must <laughs> do it. That's uh, <laughs> horrific. Yeah. Um, shall we start Wrap wrapping up? up? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, we I shall. totally just like steamrolled that entire thing. No, <laughs> no that's love the point it. of what the fuck is. It's true. What the fuck of the week? Mm. That's um, true. Rant over. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you In for conclusion. coming to my TED talk. <laughs> uh, Paula. Yeah. Would you like to share anything you've got going on? Share oh. about your podcast, share your socials. Why is this the hardest question you've asked me? <laughs> um, <laughs> what have I got going on? God, uh, yes, I have got um, season four of Stumble Through launching on February 7th, Exciting. which I'm really excited for. So I think when this goes out, we'll probably already be rolling. But yeah, I'm I'm really excited. We've got a different format this year, so it's going to be like... Uh, an episode will come out every week for a set number of weeks. Uh, that's to make sure that I am able to be consistent and honour my audience and my community, but also, like, do it in a way that I can actually make the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really excited about that. You can find me on Instagram as at StumbleThroughPod and Facebook, but mostly Instagram, yeah. and I do pep talks every Sunday. Love that. That's amazing. With genuinely great advice, by the way. Oh, thank you. Love it. Thanks very much. I really appreciate it. I've had <laughs> an absolute ball. Thank you for letting me monologue at you. Love you it. so haven't. Don't even. Um, we are so grateful that you joined us yeah, and that definitely. you allowed us on your pod. We had an amazing time there. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was so much fun. Yeah. yeah. Thank great, you for coming. Great <laughs> thank answers you. to all of our great answers. questions. Um, Maddie, by the way. Apologies to any people who watch on YouTube, which is no one. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the, the, the video, video cut out. out. Oopsies. Bloody hell. That's fine. Well, most of our listeners, and by most I mean all of our audio. <laughs> um, 
I hope that we still have. Like, I just wanted to acknowledge that. Yeah, that's so good. I hope that um, we do. <laughs> I hope you do do like a just a clip that you can post on the internet of me attempting to make an elephant, <laughs> just like a, a grainy I, 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 face. I got most of, of the pun. Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. It's only like the last like twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's only cool. me getting angry at the government. <laughs> as you should. As we all should. We could have included that as an IGTV. Very <laughs> fucking should. Have. Um, I will approach the lector. <laughs> yeah. Okay, like, I would I would attend any TED talk you did. Oh. Um, uh, if you want to follow the pod, mm-hmm. you can at WTFH podcast on Instagram, now TikTok, Twitter, oh, that's right. YouTube. All the links down below. All of Paula's links are down below. Um, first first little links. <laughs> You'll all see the it. stuff we talked about today. There will also be links to oh. mm-hmm. so some function Sinatra songs, all that kind of thing. Um, we, yeah. we love that. Also, I, I I don't know if anyone's been able to hear the party that's been going on. <laughs> I'm sure they can't. The yeah, I don't know. It's hard to say if I can hear it because it's being picked up through the microphone or just because it's going like through the headphones. It's like through the headphones. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say. Anyway, mm. sorry about that. If anyone can hear that. <laughs> If it yeah. makes them feel any better, we weren't invited to the party either. Oh, <laughs> so, okay. That's sad. Um, we're super excited. Yes. Thank you again for coming on, Paula. Oh, thank and you. Very, very much, um, Lee. Yeah. Thank you very much oh, for listening. So what, what the fuck, fuck is, is happening, happening in the, the podcast? <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.